Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Hello? 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 Yes, can you hear me? Hello, I can hear you. Okay. Governor? No, this is Nate Edofia. Um, He's invited by uh, Dr. Um, Shirley? Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. All right. It's Pastor Mike Cooper. Okay, Mike so Cooper. Nate, yes. Hold, hold up, guys. Mr. Nate, and I'm just, I'm just talking, and I'm on mute. I didn't even realize that I'm on mute. I'm just having a great time here talking. But I want, you, I want our special guest to hold tightly for just a second, and we're going to make sure that everybody's there. That Pastor Cooper, I think that was you that came in, correct? Correct. Okay. How are you doing, Pastor Cooper? Wonderful. Good, good. Thank you so much for, for being on. I know this is holiday, and, and what I was saying is that, that we have so many issues to deal with, even though we know that we, have, we still have company. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Hagney says he still has company. Well, I can relate. But what I said is that it is a serious matter, as we say in Alpha, Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and we need to get down to business. We have no time to waste so much to cover so much to uh, carry out uh, the duties of we as citizens. It's just so much. So I thought, well, company, you sit back, relax, still enjoy yourself, and I'm going to get on radio, and we're going to put the information out there that we need to put out there uh, today. So thank you, Pastor Cooper, for pulling away from your holiday time. Uh, we had an amazing weekend. It was my anniversary, as you know. So we we were nonstop all over the place all weekend, and we had an amazing time. But now we're ready to get down to, to brass tacks. And as I was about to mention, or did mention as I figured out I was on mute, and that is that we have an amazing, amazing guest that's on tonight. I'm so excited to have him uh, we've established just an amazing uh, relationship, and it's easy to do because he's my fraternity brother, so that's real easy. So Mr. Arthur needs to get here quickly uh, because it's his fraternity brother as well. So there we go. Uh, Pastor Cooper, you want, to, um, you want to share anything with us before we bring in our special guest about your weekend and, and how things are going over there in Beaumont, Texas? Great, and thank you again for having me. I always look forward to marvelous Mondays. Uh, you know, Labor Day weekend, uh, I still labor. We still labor as, as you are working us this Monday night on Labor Day. So there's some <laughs> rest for the weary. It's what we do. Uh, as we said and coined the phrase before, we are the news. 
And, and with that being go. said, I'm asking for yeah, we're asking for prayers for Christopher Shaw family. You all saw what we had, Dr. William Barbara over here with the repair to right. the breach, Forest People's Campaign, Texas Coalition, Black Democrats, uh, Rainbow Push Coalition with the emphasis uh Reverend Jesse Jackson that's gonna come up with a march we plan and get ready for that from Houston to Beaumont. Will you walk for Christopher Shaw? Because he no, no longer can walk, walk for himself. The thing is, is that we're not fighting a bad day for an officer. We're not fighting a bad day for, for a man that was in handcuffs and paralyzed. What we're fighting for is to change what uh, Stokely Carmichael coined the phrase of 1967, is that this is institutional racism. We call it systematic racism today. So these are issues that we're dealing with here in Beaumont, Texas, and our issues here are the nation's issues because it's everywhere. Very good. So, um, Pastor Cooper, for those who do not know exactly what is going on with that particular case, can you brief us a little bit on, on actually what really happened to Christmas? Please. Absolutely. And one of the things is this is, is that a lot of people, you know, shy away from cases uh, because you're dealing with issues uh, he was supposed to be uh, intoxicated. Well, okay, uh, still do your job, take care of uh, the prisoner, uh, hand them over. We have a joint facility where we have the county and the uh, uh, city share the jail cell. After they go through all the process and do all the things that they need to do, uh, this officer is about to hand him over to the county. And Mr. Shaw, I, I guess, uh, got frustrated or aggravated and kicked at uh, the officer while he was in handcuffs. Uh, the the uh, Christopher Shaw was in handcuffs, and but his hands was behind his back. Uh, one person saw the video said that he did not make contact with the officer. The officer said that he kicked him in his groin and it hurt very badly. And this 300-pound officer flipped this 150-pound man in handcuffs mm-hmm. over on his face, head, and neck and paralyzed him and he's still in the wheelchair after 436 days to this day. Yes. Wow. I know. Yeah. It's, uh, That's one of many cases that we're working here. And there so it's you happening go. in little bitty Beaumont, Texas. It's happening yes. in Tyler. It's happening in Dallas. It's happening. And, these, and these are major. And watch this. Uh, I understand uh, we, we have our first female black mayor. We have our first uh, uh, black city manager. We, we're excited about all these things. But they are now in these positions of first, but in positions where their hands are tied. Or, and here you go, watch this. Ken Paxton, he's involved in this. When, when our uh, uh, chief of police and our uh, county sheriff says, well, I want to consider maybe showing the tapes to the public and transparency, Ken Paxton said, you cannot. I, will, I refuse it because of some issues with showing uh, the inside of the prison. Now, wait a minute. These are the prison walls that our tax dollars pay for. Our tax dollars pay for the body cameras. Our tax dollars pay for the, the cameras inside the cells. Our tax dollars pay their, their salaries. So all we're asking for is transparency and truthfulness. Yes. So that's the reason why Dr. William Barber told us every Thursday we're going to have 10 a.m. and we're at the city hall for the county just asking for truthfulness. That's it. We're not, it's not a witch hunt. We, 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 we don't want it. We're going to let the judges do their job, the lawyers do their job, and the civil attorneys do their jobs. But what we want as a taxpaying citizen is truthfulness and transparency. That's it. We want to see the video. 
Right. So, uh, Pastor Cooper, for those that are not familiar, this this case was it happened about a year ago, correct? I believe over a year ago, about four hundred thirty. Over a year. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and the young and we want to reemphasize that Mr. Christopher Shaw was actually in handcuffs, right? In With handcuffs. handcuffs uh, behind his back. Behind his in back. Handcuffs, right. Behind his back. Yes. And and slammed him into the the pavement, the cement, in the prison cell. And left and, him for and, a while, in his own waist. Wow. In his own wow. waist for a while. Wow. And, and didn't give him the medical attention that he needed immediately, which probably could have prevented uh, lifelong yes. issues of being paralyzed. Sure, sure. And we know that it fractured uh, several several places in his spine, a spinal cord right. area, and um, so it, it's really a, a tragedy that we're still talking about these kinds of things. It kind of it kind of re- reminds you of the George Floyd uh, issue, but uh, but anything that we can do uh, toward uh, assisting and being a part and supporting uh, Beaumont, Texas, and yeah, we salute uh, the great work that you're doing down there. I'm so honored to be uh, be there and be a part of. Uh, of your uh, NAACP uh, banquet and the great work that you're doing as president. So keep leading, and uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful group, uh, Dr. William Barber, that we all love dearly here in this country that's working uh, in that force to, uh, to make sure that uh, justice prevails itself. And so thank you so much. Let's find out. Mr. Arthur uh, should be. Mr. Arthur, are you there? Can you hear us, uh, Mr. Thank Arthur? Oh, very good. Good, good. Yes, we can hear you. Great. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are y'all doing this evening? We're doing great. First, uh, before I before we bring our special guest in, uh, Mr. Arthur, I, I want uh, Mr. Arthur uh, to meet his fraternity brother, Mr. Nate. Uh, Mr. Nate, if you will open up, and I know your line is open, and so that if you would come right in and introduce yourself. Uh, to Marvelous Monday. We're just ecstatic to have you on. Uh, Mr. Arthur, he is your fraternity brother, a member of uh, Alpha Phi Alpha uh, fraternity. No, 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 that's a cardinal, cardinal sin there you committed on me. Wait, what was that? I said I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. Well, that's okay. We forgive him. Okay, I don't know what. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. Yes, go ahead. Hey, sir. I didn't mean to hit him that hard. He's a Kappa man. Okay, okay. Well, it's all good. It's all great. Uh, right. Mr. Nate, if you would introduce yourself to uh, our audience that are listening out there uh, in, in Radio Land, we're just ecstatic. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which fraternity that you're a part of. You're a part of D9, right, right, Ms. Arthur? Right. He's a part That's of the Divine right. Nine. That's We're just so happy uh, to have you on with us tonight. I, I've been singing your praises everywhere, so if you could just give us a little snippet of, uh, of who you are and what you do. And, and, uh, and the one thing that I can tell you about Mr. Arthur is that he is a veteran also. So, uh, and then, then 
Pastor Cooper has many family members uh, who are veterans, so they're all here on this show uh, supportive. We also have another veteran, uh, Dr. Richard Hagney, and I tried to encourage him to come in just for a few minutes because it would be very beneficial for him. Uh, he is a uh, retired pharmacist. So go ahead and uh, open up by uh, sharing with us uh, and the audience just exactly who you are. All right. Good evening, everyone. It's nice to uh, make the acquaintance. Um, my name is uh, Natia Eudophia. All my friends uh, will call me Nate Eudophia. I am a um, originally born in Nigeria, but uh, made in Mississippi, right? I came here at an early age um, and landed in um, Tougaloo, Mississippi. Uh, my father was teaching at Tougaloo College, which uh, was an immediate link to historically black colleges. Uh, and um, in terms of kind of uh, the time period, I came from a rural area in the southern part, the Niger Delta region of Nigeria, and um, arrived in Mississippi and really um, had a a, a big culture shock coming into uh, Mississippi in 1968. So you could imagine, um, I thought America was uh, literally worse than coming from a third world country <laughs> when I came in. So me and my two older brothers uh, had, um, you know, a bit of experience in terms of the uh, South and um from there, we uh, had moved to New York uh, in the White Plains, Yonkers area, and the formative years of my life were spent in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. So um, for all of the old um, Big 8 fans and the, um, you know, the Nebraska Cornhusker, Oklahoma Sooner yes, battles of the day, um, I... I actually aligned myself with the uh, Oklahoma Sooners um, okay. because of, because of uh, my own interest in sports. I played football, basketball, ran track, gymnastics, played racquetball. That was really the outlet that um, myself and my brothers utilized. I left uh, Nebraska and went to Cornell University, so um, I do have some knowledge of the beginnings of AFIA, um, <laughs> a fraternity that was started and founded at Cornell University by. Where'd you play at? Huh? Where'd you play at? You 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 played for Cornell. Huh? I played at you Cornell University. Um, oh, you know, oh, that's, oh, so you oh, so you knew better. You still wait, wait, go ahead. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well. You, uh, you know, I'll get there. I'll get there. I, I do have a, I do have a fondness for W. E. B. Du Bois. Uh, All right. right. And in terms of some of the uh, African, uh, I mean the African American leaders that were here, um, I studied uh, engineering at Cornell, and um, from there. I, you know, migrated into the corporate arena, spent uh, several years in Chicago. Um, one of the early pioneers in terms of office automation and desktop computers. Um, 
And um, I've been in the IT space or spent a lot of time in the IT space. Uh, I actually um, worked with a company called Tiger Direct in the uh, North Carolina um, areas when I moved here in 1993 with the birth of my second child, my son. Um, and I spent uh, the bulk of the time before I started working with Cisco Systems, my account at Cisco Systems, I was um, handled the state of California. So I was back and forth between Sacramento and uh, the Raleigh-Durham area. I left Cisco 2000. Uh, and two, and have been on the entrepreneurial trek um, since then, starting businesses and um, running nonprofits, uh, of which I still do a lot of that work um, to this day. And um, the, the bulk of uh, my work these days has been spent in in terms of. Uh, building um, the workforce for green, sustainable, and resilient communities um, from urban areas to rural areas to back in terms of a family nonprofit that has been doing um, basically the same type of community building efforts, education, health care programs, agricultural programs um, in Nigeria and Ghana and Kenya, Cameroon, Malawi. Um, I do work um, with, uh, as my sister had mentioned, I am not in the military, but I have worked with military from um, retired Major General Roger Blunt to here um, in Jacksonville have been doing some work um, at uh, in Jacksonville, North Carolina at the uh, Camp Lejeune base here, the largest uh, military base on the East Coast, and have been helping veterans in terms of their um, education, employment, and entrepreneurial programs, and really leveraging into um, the Veterans Advantage program. So a lot of the things that um, I have talked to my sister about really has to do with um, the awareness uh, campaigns that we're doing to help veterans um, become more aware of the benefits, the promises that the government uh, has given, the contracts that uh, veterans have signed when they went in. A lot of times the government doesn't do a good job of um, supporting the same veterans that risk their lives when they come out. So bulk of that is working with veteran service organizations um, like DAV, uh, Wounded War, Purple Heart, VFW, and on and on and on. Part of the uh, Onsville County Council of Veteran Organizations here. I also have an affinity with the faith-based community I've been a um, member and worked with several chapters of the Interfaith Power and Light um, organization that has a membership um, network of over 22,000 churches. I am on a steering committee of uh, Green the Church and Green the Church International, 
an effort that is run by Reverend Ambrose Carroll um, out of uh, the Oakland, San Francisco area. And mm-hmm. uh, that that is the black and brown church uh, answer to um, stewardship of the environment, climate change, environmental justice in those areas. Um, the the bulk of the work, as I mentioned, that I continue to do is really um, centered around um, how the communities achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals, of which I have gotten a, uh, a SDG um, award, um, SDG 17, in terms of partnerships to attain the goals. Uh, I've got um, really a lot of work in energy, including renewable energy. I'm working water, including sanitation and hygiene, food, agriculture, including food security, information, yeah. communications, technology, health and nutrition, housing slash shelter, including lighting, heating, and cooling. Um, and uh, really, I have espoused to look at um, the things that local communities can do um, to um, mitigate the uh, man-made disasters, natural disasters, economic stresses that lead to marginalization of communities, especially the young people, um, with adaptation strategies to um, really um, in anticipation of any kind of disaster that might hit the a community, how do you really build um, resilience so that the effects of that disaster are minimized on that community? And to quote our our current president, build back better um, communities. So um, that's my story, and I look forward to talking to you about this. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, guys, I I want you guys to know that one of the things that – that uh, Nate said to me that really grabbed my attention, and he talked about that data uh, is the new oil well. And so we know that we, we have lots of oil uh, in Texas, but he also he talked about so many things that, that can be very uh, effective uh, in Texas, in East Te- Northeast Texas in particular. And that's why I wanted him to come on tonight uh, we are really we're, we have really connected up uh, to each other because I've shared with him the project and program that I am working on here in East Texas and kind of a little bit about uh, about what we have done here in East Texas in particular also uh, with uh, Dr. Hagney. That's why I was really wanting him to take a few minutes to come in and talk. But but Nate said something very crucial, very important. And that is that that we as black and brown people have not connected, and in particular, uh, veterans, uh, Mr. Arthur and I both are veterans. Uh, He's uh, in the uh, Vietnam era, and I came in the Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom era. So I wanted him to share some of the things that he has already worked with, and and in particular, we talked about – veterans who have PTSD who who can also get into some other areas to help them with that, even in um, 
we even talked talk about farming and uh, some other areas and music and just so many things. He is just a wealth of knowledge that I want it to be disseminated everywhere, anywhere, everywhere to uh, black, indigenous uh, people of color, from food deserts to medica- medicine desert, uh, pharmacy deserts, as is big with, uh, with Dr. Hadney, and all of the things that, that, uh, that we're enduring here. So we, I, I want us to be able to capitalize on his knowledge and how he can assist us and help us to help our people here. He is a very dear friend of one of my dear friends. I mean, the world is just so small. I'm sorry, uh, Nate, that I didn't invite Emmanuel to come in and call in to be a part of our show tonight. But but if you can just share a little bit more about the, about the data that we were talking about and the various kinds of infrastructure from food to transportation to the STEM programs, and we're all, everybody on here is interested in STEM uh, program. Mr. Arthur is a retired educator, and, of course, Ms. Rihanna, who will be on uh, a little later, is an active uh, working uh, Educator, and then Pastor Cooper uh, has a background in, in, in psychology, and he's also a uh, pastor there in one of the churches there in Beaumont, Texas. And so, I don't know if they if they want to start out with asking any specific questions, uh, and then we can guide the uh, conversation from that point. Uh, pastor Cooper, do you have any specific after listening to uh, the introduction uh, from uh, Mr. Nate and? his amazing background. And you know what I told him? I said, it's hard for me to believe that you were born in Nigeria and come from Nigeria because you're very Americanized. He has an excellent American accent. And so he spent a lot of time in America as we can, as we can both see, all see. Uh, Pastor Cooper, any questions that you have before we get into those specifics on data and all the things that I've just pointed out? Sure. Uh, first of all, an observation. Um, man, when do you sleep? I thought we were busy. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I, I feel like I need to get off this call and get back to work. I, I feel like I'm an underachiever. Uh, so, and we, we have the octopus playing, as Dr. Hagman calls it, and uh, we're all trying to work in the communities and work with Dr. Hagman and Dr. McKellar and our brother Arthur, even though he's uh, not not your up and front brother, but you're still divine nine. So thank God for that. <laughs> the other thing is is that uh, you know here in Beaumont we're working on trying to create ownership. I heard you talking about entrepreneurship. Ownership is one of the things we're trying to do. Uh, there are a lot of apartment uh, homes that have been built three and four stories all throughout because there's lots of land, plethora amounts of land out here. But what we're trying to do is show ownership. People paying average fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month for apartments. They can actually own uh, a three and four bedroom home for the same price. Uh, so, uh, how, how have you, have, first of all, have you dealt with that? And if so, how do you find funding for such a, a project to teach people how to own? I mean, it's okay to have Black Wall Street. It's okay to have the uh, the Black um, Chamber of Commerce. But how do we empower people to own? their own real estate, to own their own company, entrepreneurship, things like that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Let me kind of take a step back and give my own um, deference. Uh, a a uh, Reverend William Barber, 
is unknown um, to the nation from North Carolina and the work that uh, he has done here in the state. Um, I've met him um, years ago, right, uh, when I first started my uh, company, Green Durham, and um, with uh, kind of pioneers like that here in the state of North Carolina, I feel very um, blessed um, to really have caught on to, you know, the struggle of um, of black people, as Martin Luther King said, is a, it's a global struggle, right? Um, we can go into rural areas of Nigeria and, and see the same type of issues um, that face uh, um, people in Boma, right, or rural areas in North Carolina. So I, um, I have uh, been blessed in my own walk. And in terms of uh, the uh, empowerment of Africans, Black, and Indigenous people of color, that really is um, a mission that um, is God-given to me. Um, I have been blessed there, but for the grace of God um, go I in terms of my ability to come to the United States at an early age, get my education here, um, and to really be able to appreciate that, um, you know, there are family members and people that I know that have never um, been able to leave um, the village. And as I travel across America, I see similar stories. Um, and one uh, one of my favorite quotes, and that really relates to um, the struggle a lot of uh, a lot of community spaces, um, if if uh, you've never been outside of the jar, you can't read the label. Amen. And, um, and as such, right, um, a lot of the people that we're dealing with uh, really haven't had a chance to travel outside of that community that generations have grown up and. Um, that is the segue in terms of when I speak with uh, veterans and military people, the the, um, the story that I always go back to is most of the uh, people of color, they, they don't go into the military because it's, you know, something that I want to do. It's a legacy thing, right? It's the best choice of not too many good choices. And the beauty of uh, that experience is the military provides um, the ability to get trained, um, the ability to travel outside of the jar and to see, you know, um, the country from a different lens. Um, but all too often, um, when they come back, they don't go back to those communities that um, they were pulled from because those communities, you know, over the course of decades, the blight and, the, you know, the issues actually get worse. And as such, that uh, is similar to what happens on the African continent in terms of the brain drain, um, even dating back to the, you know, the the days of slavery, right, 
Um, for those that have a consciousness and um, have uh, the ability to learn that um, it is on the backs of the uh, slaves, right, that this country was built, the, the real estate, the agricultural systems, the, the scientific systems, right? And that contribution still remains today um, in the, you know, in the legacies that were left by some of the early pioneers of this country um, and what they were able to accomplish under duress. So education was mentioned. I, too, um, looked at myself as an educator. My father um, was a, uh, the first black uh, appointed uh, person in the uh, state of Nebraska uh, through the Department of Education. My mother was a teacher. Um, so the value of education and the culture of education, I think, is one of the things that um, actually is, has been a, a big factor in, in my ability to, to be in the places that I have been, to go to the schools that I have attended, and quite frankly, to um, be in a position where um, I can give back um, to people that uh, might not have the same opportunities and grew up in the same type of culture of education that I grew up from. So relating to um, giving back to the communities, one of the things that I really have spent a lot of time on is looking at um, the veteran population and some of the benefits that are available to them that um, really aren't available to a greater percentage of the uh, indigenous people of color that I spoke of before. So, um, you know, through the GI Bill, we're looking at education and intentional education these days really has to do not so much with the university degrees, but it has more to do with your skills um, and your digital literacy. And so we encourage people to take a look at, you know, their own education pathway and intentionally look at things like IT certification, cybersecurity, robotics, the data sciences, right, um, that we talked about before. And, um, you know, without a college degree, but with certifications, and if you get um, a certain level of certification, you're guaranteeing yourself employment at, you know, generally at a rate um, these days of 70, 80, you know, sometimes $100,000 a year in jobs that are um, re re resilient, right, to some of the stresses like COVID when you're told to stay at home, right? Those people that have those types of skill sets are able to um, absorb the uh, the COVID trauma um, more than someone who really has to go to a meat packing plant or you know even on the healthcare side right they're putting themselves at risk right. on a day to day basis. Right. So um, uh, brother brother Nat, I'm, uh, Nate, I'm going to uh, stop jump in for a second. I'm going to try to see if we can eradicate that. We're actually getting a little feedback uh, from your phone. I don't know uh, if you're in an area where. 
and I don't, you may have us on speaker. If you have us on speaker, and if you do have some earplugs, if you can use your earphones, and then I, don't I think, think it's that my that phone because I don't think it's can my you hear, phone. Can you hear that? Really? Okay. So then I'm going to ask everybody to uh, mute your phones while while we're listening to uh, Brother Nate explain things because I, I I can hear the feedback and hopefully our engineer will come in soon so that we can figure out uh, where where the feedback is coming from. So if you're if you're in the queue and you're listening, yeah, I don't hear it anymore. So uh, so that's good. So so Brother Nate, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Just, okay. Uh, yeah. Kind of, it, it's you know, it's gone the, now. It's gone. Okay. okay so we, right, right. Oh, okay, yeah, right. sure. Yeah. I, no, uh, first of all, how you doing? Uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. You sound like a one-man information, uh, uh, you know, one, a one-stop amazing. shop. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> and, and here, and what I want to ask you about Nate is, uh, uh, first of all, what part of uh, what part of Africa uh, uh, are you from? What particular part? I'm from, from the uh, Niger Delta region of uh, Nigeria, the oil producing okay. area. Okwaya Boom State oh, okay. is uh, my home great, state. Great, great. Okay, great, great. That, uh, I did my ancestral DNA, so. So I got a lot of Nigerian in me. So how you doing, brother? Uh, I'm good. Hey, good, hey, good. hey, 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 hey look here. Uh, first of all, the the uh, you know we you know we are we're global people in a global struggle, as you well know. Uh, and and Nigeria in particular, the, what exactly uh, is happening with the China problem? I'm uh, I'm watching China roll up in Africa, roll, roll up in Nigeria. And, and uh, you know things I'm, you know things I'm hearing ain't too good. So what exactly is that about, and how did that happen, and and how is that going in? Well, that's uh, that's a good question. I spend uh, a lot of uh, time, um, you know, because I've been, um, I've got my nonprofit is out of uh, Washington D.C. And so I've spent a lot of time, you know, advocating, you know, Africa, um, just kind of put it out there. Africa prefers America. Um, Sometimes America puts uh, certain conditions on um, African countries, probably other countries, to really um, adopt a, a system that, um, of issues that aren't African issues, they're American issues. So I would say the issue of China is really uh, a matter of China kind of studying the American foreign policy and really going in um, in a different kind of light. So, um, and this is something that we debate often is that um, if you know, the old Igbo um, saying is, if a man puts sugar in your mouth, you don't spit out the sugar, right? Right, right. Um, so, let me ask you another question, me ask you another question real quick then. Oh, okay, now did the Biafran War, uh, you know, that went down, I'm old enough to remember all, all that. Matter of fact, I missed some of the guys. Was just, but wait, wait, did, were, were, was, that, was it a... Were they able to move in because of that particular division there? Was that one of the reasons they were able to move in? The China kind of uh, introduction into, you know, having a stake in Nigeria 
I would say it's over the last 10 or 15 years, right? Um, right. And, again, it's really a result of U.S. policy toward um, Africa. Um, and I'll kind of, you know, give you uh, an example here um, in terms of um, a recent example with uh, President Obama. Um, and, yeah. you know, his um, linkage to Africa, you know, from the K- Kenyan side, right? And I I was there um, in uh, Nairobi when, uh, you know, uh, President Obama was traveling. But in advance mm-hmm. of his travel, right, the, the word was that they were coming to advance an agenda of gay marriage in, in Africa. And, um, you know, from a religious standpoint, right, you you will find some of the m- most religious people um, on the continent. Okay, now, before, you get too deep, before you get too deep in that, was that true? Was that something that Republicans laid out there? Because I know that that's well, one of their uh, things that they do over in Africa. I check them out all the time. They be over there uh, promoting uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, this is what they're doing over there. And, and then in the meantime, they be misusing uh, the people over there at the same time. So I'm just saying, I, you know, I've seen that trick. And, and uh, you know, and that's a way, that's, that's one of the things they use. And, oh, okay, here, tell me this. How, how can we get past those politics where we can do more? Because I'm, I'm old enough to remember when we couldn't even talk anybody from Africa about doing no business. Now we have that ability, actually. Yeah, true. But but I don't see the but I don't see the organization from from actually from either side. Nick Lee was trying to do some of that, but I don't see the the you know an organization. I say okay, that organization there and over here and say okay, this organization over here, they hooking it up. I can't see that. And so I'm saying I'm saying how do we get there? Because we know about you know we know about the politics. We know divide and conquer. We know they're going to, you know, they used to tell us that, you know, that y'all didn't like us and tell us that, you know, you know the, the same thing. So, you know, so we know about all that. So I'm saying how do we break through that and get to where we need to be and get yeah, to the cultural? Yeah, I think that, uh, well, in, in my travels, I guess um, the reality of it is, and Texas is a, a perfect example, right, Um of, you know, Nigeria discovered oil some 60 years ago, right? Right. Um, so what you'll have there is uh, a whole lot of oil companies, right? The Exxon, Mobil, the Chevrons, right? They have really um, been um, at the forefront of uh, being able to take advantage of a resource there. Right, and um, one thing that has always pained me is that when I, you know, when I hear that people come and say, "Oh no, you don't want to go over there. They got terrorists here. They got this. They're, you know, they're still walking around in, you know, in the jungle and all this type of stuff." Right? It's part of the uh, misinformation that unfortunately. Um, allows planes to be filled with people from all over the world um, on their way to Nigeria, to Kenya, you know, all other things. South Africa is a little different um, because we call that Southern Europe on the African continent, right, because it's where a lot of people run. It's also, um, you know, the apartheid struggle 
um, that they went through was, um, you know, their liberation came, you know, decades after most of the liberation movements across the continent of Africa. So the the absence of black people on those flights is always something that is, you know, you take notice of, and it's, you know, it's kind of the result of, you know, the U.S. policy, even back to the Carter administration, was we have to keep African Americans away from Africans because if they ever come together. And what I'm saying to you is, and what I'm asking you is, and I'm talking about where we are right now at this moment. At, at this mm-hmm. moment, I you know we know what they did, and you know we know what they want to do. We know all that. So I'm saying, at this moment, uh, uh, are we making any progress, breaking through all of that, or are you saying, you know, you know, actually I think we're making some progress. I remember back when Africans first started coming over here. Uh, 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 you know the men, the the men. You know they you you, you saw a lot, you saw a lot of African men. The women that was over here, they were forbidden basically from talking to African American men or whatever. Then and then as as years passed by, that kind of changed. Now I got a friend, you know, he's married an African young lady, so forth and so on. So now you know, so you know, you know, things have changed. We've had to go through our cultural, uh, get to know each other period too. So I'm saying from where we are right now, and again back to I don't see. A group over here. I don't see an organization over here, and I don't see an organization over there. That's about that, about hook, about that hookup. And I'm saying, how can we get to there right now with what with, with the tools and technology we have now? You, are you well, asking as far as doing business with uh, in uh, Africa? Yes, for doing business. Yes, for doing business. Because I know Akon. Who was who's the, the 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 music guy? Akon. Uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. you know, he doing crypto. He doing crypto in that particular country. So that is, you know, you know that's an experiment that's going on, uh, which which might be a way for Africans to, uh, you know, get a hold to their economy. But, you know, so what do you think about that? And and how can we get to that space where we can actually be doing that, talking business? Well, I I think that we uh, we are actually there um, for those. I, I that, believe uh, that too. Yeah. You know, for those who have actually taken the trip, you know, and I'll kind of cite um, 2019, um, Ghana had a year of return. Um, and there were, you know, over a million African Americans that made the trek back there, a considerable amount NWCP of them. Was there. Yeah, NWCP uh, went too, yeah. The NWCP yeah. was there, yeah. Right, right. So um, this, you know, it's a a, going back to the old jar um, analogy that I used, right? Until you can go and really um, see for yourself and what we like to say, um, smell African air, right? (laughs) Then um, the news that you're seeing on CNN is not really what's going on in Africa, right? We've got some of the fastest-growing economies um, in the world. We've got uh, mineral resources. Sixty percent of the arable land is still in Africa. And, you know, in terms of businesses, I tell people all the time, right, if if you're starting a business today and your business has anything to do with culture and trying to really sell to people who look like yourself, then you're if you're not looking at the African continent, which is 1.5 billion 
Um, by 2050, it'll be 3 billion. Nigeria itself is over 200 million now. And by 2040, um, the CIA, not Nate Udofia, says that it's going to be 400 million people in the third largest country in the world. Then you're really, you know, as a businessman, you're, you're not looking at um, areas of opportunity for you. And, um, the, you know, the uh, real-life scenario um, in terms of, you know, um, is it a place that will welcome African Americans? You know, these are our long-lost uh, cousins, right, uncles and aunties, um, people that have been separated um, from um, the motherland, right, for far too long. Um, and, you know, we talk about, you know, reparations is something that I hear in this country um, a lot. And uh, for me personally, I'll say, you know what, um, I've worked with a lot of um, traditional rulers in Africa. Um, and, you know, 40 acres and a mule, there's not one of these um, landholders, right, keepers of our culture and our heritage, not one of them wouldn't provide you 40 acres with one condition. Only condition is um, bring back a drone, bring back technology, bring something back, mm -hmm. right, that will help, okay. you know, um, the continent leapfrog, right? And I'll give you kind of the story of the, uh, the cell phone, right, the mobile phone has been um, one of those technology advances that most of the minerals that come to make the phones come from the African continent, right? But right. Um, the, the reality of it is we are all more connected through this mobile phone. So I can go into a rural village and even the poorest of person will have, you know, a cell phone. They might, you know not have the power to charge it, but, you know, there's a, a system in place that they are now adopting this technology and they're doing tremendous things with it. So, you know, the the uh, CEO of uh, Twitter said, hey, I, you know, I'm going to move to Africa. Um, all of them, Facebook is there, Microsoft is there. They all are now seeing this opportunity all too often, though, it's not the African-Americans that are seeing it. And I think it's just, you know, continues to be this keep them separated because if they mm -hmm. do actually realize what they have, then, um, you know, the game is over. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, I want to jump in for a second, uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Arthur. The, Mr. Arthur's original question, I think, was in relationship to China and America. Is that right? And and I I believe no 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 that, China Africa no 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 China I'm sorry, no, China, I'm sorry China, excuse China. me China and Africa I'm I'm sorry yes, yes. China and Africa yes. and I believe that that there's a little bit of a tension uh, between them and well Africa and America because of the tension and the relationship that goes on between China and Taiwan and they know so. So Taiwan, I mean China, and both Taiwan and China knows what uh, what our relationship is uh, uh, with, I mean America's relationship with China, 
And so Taiwan, I think, is, is causing a little tension there because they know that, that the potentials of being that flashpoint uh, in America's uh, relationship with China. And so consequently, that, that has created a little bit of an issue even with, uh, with the continent of Africa yeah, and all of that. From the, from the China, you know, um, Africa, um, um, it's, it's really about, um, you know, the, I, I'm sure everybody has heard of the Berlin Conference, right, of 1884. Yeah, yeah yes, yes. Okay, which was really the colonization of Africa that was decided by a bunch of Europeans in Germany, I mean, in Berlin. And okay. uh, that, um, you know, anything that looks or smells like a recolonization effort um, from mm-hmm. the, you know, from the everyday African, right, is not something that uh, we don't want. Um, China and America to fight their battle on African soil. Yes. It's, just, it's really, you know, it's really, that's what it boils down to. Um, you know, okay. China has come with a checkbook, um, and, you know, they don't have kind of the um, the legal policies, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, right? They don't practice that, but they're not the only people that come and they give checks to bad leadership. Africa's problem mm-hmm. is bad leadership, right? Okay. And um, it's probably something that can be identified even within the black community here in America. If you don't have the right leadership, then, yeah. um, you know, the everyday American, right, is going to not have too much change in, in generational change, right? in their in their situation. So, um, you know, China and, you know, I just recently saw uh, yet another um, leader, I think it was the president of Ghana, really um, speaking to this, uh, you know, the, the U.S., uh, you know, if you're paying attention, um, administrations matter, policy matters. Um, the Biden administration has sent um, Tony Blinken across the continent and saying we want to re-engage Africa as equal partners. And this and you know it, 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 you know it sounds good, right? It all sounds good, but um, the reality the reality of it is that after that global tour, um, let me just throw this in. The Chinese okay. came and they erased the debt of 17 countries, you know. So um, that's, you know, that's really the counter um, that uh, China had to the American kind of outreach effort. Now, is that a, um, you know, an issue of, uh, you know, Africa accepting China or Africa accepting reality? that it needs to build infrastructure. Um, and if someone is coming in and giving you money to build, you know, there are conditions. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The Chinese yeah. come with conditions, right? And the, okay. um, there, but there is a, 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 a balance to, you know, who you call your friend and who, you know, who you allow into your house, right? 
which is, you know, it's no, African no, in nature. Well, speaking of that, but China, I, let me say this one thing, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. Mr. Arthur. China, see, China wants, they want that uh, supply chain rather than have an um, Americans to get all of those resources that you're just talking about, uh, Brother Nate, that you want us to capitalize. We as black folk in America, you want us to capitalize on that. China is smart. They, they want to capitalize on that. That's why they want to colonize Africa, right? Uh-huh. But and, 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 and to that end, and to that end, see what disturbed me was when I saw where they made one of those, uh, one of them corporate guys that made him a, made him a chief. Made him a chief and all that stuff over there. And I'm going, wait a minute, what the heck going on now? What? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's even worse than that, right? Because the Chinese oh, are committed to, when they, when they give you money, right, they're going to send right. um, a boatload, pardon the pun, right, of their people okay. yeah. um, to do that. And, and that they doesn't got, help. They got yeah, yeah, and you know, so you can look online and you'll see Chinese children speaking the native languages better than I sure. speak my own language, sure. right? Sure. Um, right. So you know, they're 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 you know doing some things that I don't think that uh, America. I've been the Chinese babies. I've been the Chinese babies. The Chinese black babies. Yeah, I, I've seen pictures of all them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a deal over there. China is not to be trusted. Uh, I've, I've seen them in third world countries. I've seen them in Belize. We have missions over there. And they're right. buying up property. They're buying up businesses. And they're uh, shipping their people over there to own those businesses and run those properties. So their, their interest is not just because they run out of land and they're looking for places to grow and partnership. They're looking for ownership. They want to take over. I'm telling you to be careful. I will reiterate this, and even the Chinese, um, you know, in terms of their strategy, their first um, strategy is you won't see um, Chinese that will come to America and say, hey, we want to take white people to Africa. Yeah. You will see... Um, the Chinese try and work with African Americans in the African diaspora to get over there to the thing. So um, there is, uh, to this day, there is a preference for American technology, American right. Um, right. business practices, and that is really in term. You can see that in the immigration numbers, right? Um, right. People yeah. want to come to the U.S. to go to school. You know, my father yeah. came 1963, right? Um, basically, he, you know, he put a bet that uh, on America that is still really the preference for most people. The problem has been that, um, you know, we can't get African Americans to come and, and to, you know, if you, you know, the the GDP, right, of right. the Africans in America, the African Americans in America, I, you know, but it's somewhere past $2 trillion. Um, the okay. remittances that, um, you know, the African diaspora sends 
far outweighs Chinese aid, U.S. aid, all of these different aid programs, right? Because um, the people that have come over here and have advanced, right? And, you know, I'll speak, you know, specifically about Nigeria because what you will find um, is that 60% of the African Americans, you know, I'm happy to hear that you did your DNA, right? 60% of (laughs) the African Americans can tie their heritage back to Nigeria. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. um, what I – Neighbor, back to where back to my original question. You, you know, okay, we got the money, okay, we we got the technology. My original question was, and and, and maybe and I'm saying, you know, maybe you know, maybe you can help get this going. Where's the where's the organization over in that direction, and the one over in this direction, where we can hook that synergy up, where we can start doing those things? Because it has to be organized. Otherwise, we got to go through, you know, the basic the basic system and, and which which me and you're gonna get ripped off in that process. So I'm saying, uh the technology is there for us to go around that some of that stuff I do believe. So I'm saying where is that energy at over there? And okay. uh you know where we hook it up over here. I trust you have heard of the African Union. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and um the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, which has been ratified by the majority of African countries, right? So there there are vehicles that have been in place. There are organizations here, um, African diaspora organizations, that, um, you know, they're receiving of African Americans, um, you know, and you mentioned, you know, people have been over there and done some good work, um, you know, um, even going back to, um, you know, Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King was, uh, that he attended the uh, Nigeria independence, right, when we installed right. the first um, government. He was there, right? right. Some of, you know... Um, um, Kwame Nkrumah, um, Namdi Azikiwe, right, the first president of Nigeria, first president of Ghana, they attended Lincoln University, right, here. They were roommates with, uh, you know, Perrin Mitchell and the Mitchell family. Um, so there's a, a deep, deep, deep um, connection, right, that um, a lot of the independence movements were inspired by the civil rights movement here in, in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, sure. Some of the, you know, a lot of that comes in, in in the cultural linkages that can not be broken, right? Um, the, the, you know, what do we export as black people? It's our culture, right? And that's no different than Africa, right? People like our music, our food, our dance, you know, right. um, our dress. These are the things that tie us together to this day. Um, and uh, in my own humble opinion, right, we we got to get off, you know, the things that separate us um, mm-hmm. to the things that actually, you know, we Pull can us share. together, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
So um, okay. it is there. There are um, mechanisms that are there or in place. And what I was going to say is that you know, um, land, arable land, sixty percent of it is still on the African continent. Thirty um, percent of the minerals on this earth are on the African planet. So, um, you know, as they would say in, in Nigeria, right, brother, if you come, you are welcome. <laughs> yes, I believe that. And, and, and we're going to come soon, right? Uh, well, Dave? you know, we're there. We're there. <laughs> and, and we spoke of, you know, fraternities and sororities. I, you know, I yeah. am um, a charter member of Kappa Alpha Psi in Lagos, Nigeria. We got a chapter. We also have okay. all the D9. We have the That's D9 it. in um, Nigeria. Every last one of them, a- right? AKA. Oh, okay. Right. So I have to go, go hang what out at <laughs> they're ready for you. As a matter of fact, I think it is some award program um, in Atlanta. I want to say the hoodies or something, right? This happened this last. The, mo- um, okay. the two moderators, Anthony Anderson, and there was a uh, a young lady. She's an AKA. Okay. That belongs to the uh, the Lagos chapter down there of AKA. So um, there's a. There is a welcoming mat. There's young people that, you know, first generation um, Africans, right? Parents were over there. They're born here. They're leaving schools like MIT, Stanford, Duke, um, Harvard, Yale, right? And they're going back home to start their businesses. So, uh, you know, within the young population, average age in Nigeria is 19. Average age here is 38. So we've got a, a young population that's getting younger. So if you want to kind of, uh, you know, do your business uh, analysis, right, um, I right. would say that would, that would lead you to the African continent um, right away. Where do you see, you know, your business really growing over the next 10, 20 years? Okay, well, we, we live in a global society, no doubt. Go ahead, Mr. I'll get some business advice from right now. I mean, I mean, I mean, some analysis. Okay, now I'm doing a a, a complaint services company, right? It's called African Complaint Services. I'm gonna be. I, I want to work with veterans and some other folks. Now, I, how would a complaint serve? Could, could a complaint services company work over in that part of uh? uh <laughs> you know, there are so there are so many problems over there, right? And I, you know, I don't really know in terms of the specifics, but you know, there. If you want to go to a place that has complaints, right? You got uh, <laughs> a billion plus, right? People that are, you know, that's what they're doing. You know, the motto in Nigeria is "suffer and smile." You know that? No. Okay. That's you know, you get to a point where the government is not doing anything, right? Anything for you. They're not providing you electricity. They're not providing you clean water. They're not providing you, you know, wow. health programs. They're not providing you this. So literally every day you're your own local government. Right? Like and that, that to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. Exactly right. That's how I felt. Right? Um, but 
you know, if it's, you know, about solving, you know, solving problems, right, is uh, how how you get your business to grow. So Africa has a tremendous amount of problems, but um, it also has a tremendous amount of upside and promise, right? Yes. It will, it will you know, we're starting to see, you know, um, a little bit more enlightenment, a little bit more of uh, collaborative um, relationships that are starting to take place, you know. So um, look at, you know, some of the greatest uh, African-Americans, right? Uh, you can look back to Muhammad Ali, right, the rumble in the jungle. Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know, this is, this yeah. is you know, early, early, right? Um, you know, all of these um, prominent leaders, right? You know, yes, uh, you know, Jesse Jackson, right? And all these people yeah. that have been over there, right? They'll tell you the truth about Africa. They'll tell you the sure. truth. I agree. I agree. Let, let Muhammad Ali said, hey, hey, he mentioned Muhammad Ali. Uh, Muhammad, Ali Muhammad Ali said after that, after that fight, Rumble in the Jungle, he said he told Joe Lewis, I, I mean, uh, not Joe Lewis, but Frazier, so he told him, he said, man, he said, I know you don't understand. He said, but he said, but tonight, he said, now me and you free. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. You know, and, you know, this, that is um, the experience, right? I'm, uh, you know, just a, a quick aside. Um, I have just been uh, appointed the uh, USA ambassador to the Nigeria Reggae Festival. And, I know, that's um, amazing. And in doing, you know, my little work, right, a lot of the early uh, reggae music as well as the, you know, um, Nigerian high-life music, right, which is, you know, what I grew up on, a lot of the influences came from rhythm and blues, from jazz, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. um, The struggle of America, right? Mm. So, you know... There's a, a very much an alignment that um, is naturally there. Um, right. It's just you know it's you know it's at a time where we've got to kind of cut through you know what you see on the news, the CNN or Fox or whatever you watch, right? The narrative, um, the narrative is not the narrative from the African side of it. It really is, right? You know, um, you know. They say the 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 hunt will always be glorified as long as it's told by the hunter and not the lion. Yeah. If yeah, the lion is to tell the story of the hunt, you you're going to get a different perspective. But a different, exactly. Well, let me. I want to jump in. Uh, you mentioned when you were speaking early on, uh, Brother Nate. You mentioned uh, about COVID. And so, so the the big question uh, in, in America, you probably already know, is uh, was it the best choice for us to keep our students, close the schools, and keep the students at home? We know that the students experience a, a lot of issues uh, from from food deserts, various and sundry things. But but the schools uh, identified. Uh, the issues for some of the students that we're having, and they they were able to address those. But do you do you feel 
that that was the best uh, thing for us to do in in America. Now, I'm, keeping in mind, I, I'm a public health person, so so I I believe that we have the responsibility to protect uh, the public health wise. Uh, Mr. Arthur also has worked in the healthcare industry, but do you think that was the uh, best move for us to take to uh, close the schools and, and keep the, the students at home? Um, you know, me personally, um, I have uh, a healthy amount of uh, suspicion as it relates okay. to um, the healthcare system, right? And you can kind of go back to the Tuskegee <laughs> experience. Yeah. You can go, you know, you can more recently, right? Do you believe that? Um, you know, HIV AIDS was started in Africa with, you know, a monkey and something, you know, going on, right? So I, I think that there's a lot of misinformation that is mm-hmm. out there. So, um, you know, and, you know, even I'm kind of on the stay tuned on on that. But the one thing that um, I do, I will say that um, I listen very intently in terms of, you know, the best practices, right? And when right. you're talking about things like, you know, wash your hands, right? What if you're living in a in a place that doesn't have clean water? What, mm-hmm. What's the good of washing your hands, right? Um, but one of the things that they said was stay at home. And this might come as a shock to you because I've spent most of my life away from home. Um, is that I'm, I think that there is some sense to that. Um, here, you know, staying at home meant that, you know, there there was a revenue stream that you could have, right? If you had a job that, you know, connected through the Internet or you didn't have to really be there to do your job, you generally did better. Now, um, the brain drain that I talked about, you know, that happens to communities here where young, um, talented, black and brown people are pulled out of their communities, that community doesn't get better, right? So um, an advocate of providing the infrastructure where people don't have to leave their countries to, to, you know, the medical tourism, to come to school, right, providing that infrastructure and keeping that talent at home, I think, is um, a best practice that the African country should actually try and adopt. And that will be in, in straight partnership, right, with the African-American community. Those types of things make sense. Hey, 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 since you touched on that, uh, it, it takes back to the Ukrainian war, right, where those students that were going to school over there uh, was having a problem getting out of the country and getting discriminated against because they were black. Yeah. That was the first time... Yeah. It was the first time two things happened uh, where we're in a, in a major war scene, you know, in, in our era where, Af- where, where African people were highlighted, you know. So it was kind of, you know, we kind of made a connection, uh, you know, I think there. Uh, and, and, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, by the fact that the African countries, you know, they were talking about, you know, hey, this might be World War Three, but I noticed that most of those countries abstain. And see, back mm-hmm. in the day, before mm-hmm. colonization, that wouldn't have happened. They would have got drug into it. So so I think that was kind of a, uh, a you know, a new, for me, uh, a new position of African power 
you know, from that country that I haven't seen ever. So I think that was a good sign. Yeah, so, you know, you talked about China, right? There's a place where well-documented that the mistreatment of African immigrants happens there. Mistreatment of African right. immigrants happens in Canada. It happened, you know, there's uh, just the consistent kind of thing that, you know, um, it's the same thing here, right? As African Americans go into neighborhoods, right, or countries that, you know, they still haven't got the race thing right, you're going to have problems, right? Any kind of thing breaks out, right? They're going to tell you, go home, right? We don't want you here. So um, that that's the reality of, you know, the world that we still live in, right? So that kind of informs me that if we could have an enabling environment where people, the lights are on, there's clean water, there's food, there's, you know, health care, um, I, along with many um, Africans, would run back home. <laughs> right. right. Uh, um, you, you mentioned the, the HIV thing. I want to share with you that I read uh, the book and the band played on. I'm sure that uh, we're all familiar uh, with that uh, that book. Read that back probably in early '80s or somewhere '80, maybe late '80s. I guess I can't remember exactly. Um, but uh, but but supposedly that uh, HIV. Uh, was started by by the airline person who flew back and forth from America to uh, uh, to Africa. Is that right? Do you remember the book? Do you guys remember yeah, the I, book? Yeah, yeah, I remember. It. I remember. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, okay. it's even you know we you know fast forward right. You have okay. um, Ebola. You have, yeah. you know, all yeah. of these things, right, mm-hmm. that right. really, um, you know, even on the COVID, right, they call it the Chinese um, COVID, right. right? I don't know, but there's a patent. Well, well at least, at least Trump did see this. Yeah. But, what you know, you guys. Huh? I'm still trying to figure out where monkeypox supposed to come from. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's. There's a, a whole lot of, you know, this, uh, you know, Melinda Gates came out, and I think she kind of blew the blew the lid off of what was going on when she said that, you know, COVID, there were going to be millions of Africans dead on the streets, right? Um, and it really didn't play out like that. No. Right? No. Um, no. Played out and, in America, though. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, like I said, there's a healthy amount of uh, suspicion that you, you know, that you have if you're really paying attention to how it's always about, you know, these diseases as Africa is a testing ground, right, for a whole lot of, a whole lot of these things, right, which is just, you know, um, you know, another topic altogether, right? And it actually really opens opens the door for, you know, some of these places like China to come in with their, you know, their own form of colonization. We all know it. Um, We've seen the playbook before. You know, while, you know, while America is really sleeping at the wheel, right, it allows these other countries to come and take advantage. China and Russia 
China, Russia are two of the most racist countries against uh, black folks. Those two. And that's why I say when I see them over in Africa, I'm just going, really? Really? Yeah, I do know what that is, don't you? You know what I'm saying, and so after you know, those they're right. after those resources, that's what they're after. That's all they're, they're doing. doing. They're after the resources over there. Oh yeah, well, come on in. This, let, let me introduce someone that we have on. I was just about to uh, send her a message. We have uh, Miss Hazel uh, Brown Swift uh, from out of Houston, Texas, and welcome to the show, uh, Miss Hazel. Thank you so, so much. Great to have you on, to have you on tonight. Come and join us in this conversation. Uh, as yes. a matter of fact, let, let me just share with you, gentlemen, that uh, Hazel, who is my cousin, uh, sent me a message early on, and she was talking about uh, the scammers. And we, I think uh, uh, Brother Nate and I, uh, maybe it was Emmanuel, I can't remember, who uh, talked a little bit about uh, scammers. But you want to share with us uh, what, what your scam was on tonight, uh, early on this evening? <laughs> well, <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yes, say hello. Well, first of all, I have a call blocker on my phone that uh, it will block anybody calling my number if you're not in my contact list. So basically, hang on just a moment. Okay. Basically, I got a call from Centerpoint Light, okay? Uh, they have a lot to do with our uh, electricity here in, in the Houston area. And uh, so I said, okay, Centerpoint's calling me. What are they calling me for? <laughs> so the guy gets, one person gets on the phone and then he says, hold on a moment, and another guy gets on the phone. And um, he starts telling me that I haven't paid my bill. And I said, well, how much is it? And he says, uh, uh, I think 181 and some change. So I said, oh, okay, then I'll just go online. I said, how did you get that much? Because I get this weekly um, notification about what my bill is looking like and uh, the, the price of it. And I knew it shouldn't have been over $100. So I said, well, how did it get that much? And he goes, <clears throat> well, I guess that's your usage, ma'am. I can't tell you how it got that much, but that's what it is. And uh, you're going to be disconnected tonight. I said, you're going to cut my lights off tonight. I said, look, I've had lights with Houston Lightning Power since 85 who uh, sold out to Reliant. I said, since 1985, you're going to cut my lights off. I said, man, let me tell you, cut my lights off. I'm going to get every TV station to come out here and see me in the dark. What an embarrassment is going to be to you. And so he says, you got to pay your bill, ma'am. I said, yeah, I know. I have to pay my bill. So uh, I said, let me go online and pay it. And that way I can check the amount. And uh, he goes, no, you have to, do you have, you got to pay it through quick pay. I said, through quick pay? I don't know how to pay it through quick pay through my, my bank account. And he goes, well, sign it to your bank account, ma'am, and I'm going to walk you through it. So I signed it to my bank account, and he sends me to Zelle. Okay, now I know how to use Zelle because I send my granddaughter. My granddaughter's off in college, and I send her money uh, through Zelle. But um, 
I said, okay, so I make this payment out to Reliant through Zelle? And he says, no, you make it out to J-O-I Electronics. I said, J-O-I Electronics, that's not Reliant. I said, why am I making it out to them? (laughs) Because that's the code name. You got to make it out to the code name so you can get your payment through real fast. I said, oh, no, I can can go online and pay it online, and it'll post out there. It will clear my balance out today. He goes, no, the only way you're going to stop getting your lights cut off today is you pay it through this thing. Now, go ahead and put that in. And I said, I'm still asking questions. So he said, look, write down this disconnect notice number. So I wrote the number down, about seven or eight digits. I wrote it down, and and he's still trying to rush me on through. So I said, hey, let me talk to your supervisor. Well, that's not going to stop you from getting your lights cut off, ma'am. I said, okay. Uh, So you need to go ahead and you need to put this amount in, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm I'm going on and on with him, and he goes, you're very, he tells me that I'm not listening to him, and uh, he can't talk over me, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, give me my account number with Reliant. Tell me what my account number is, because I know when I go through Zelle, I have to put my account number in there. <laughs> so when I asked for my account number, he hung up. <laughs> so I went. So, I called. I called uh, Centerpoint right back. The number that he called me from, and they're on vacation today because today is a holiday. They said call back tomorrow, and uh, so I hung up and I called uh, Reliant, and the lady says, "Well, I don't know anything about a call, but we've heard some things similar to that." So she said, I tell you what, uh, she verified my phone number, and she said, I'll have someone call you tomorrow about it. Uh, but I went ahead and posted my payment, which was $99 today instead of 180 whatever dollars that was he told me about, which was, you know, like double almost. So, so I does said, that sound uh, like, I'm going to jump in. Does, does that sound like someone, guys, that may possibly – work for the company that's trying to scam her? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I thought about that. I thought about that, but then I remembered. they were calling from Reliant. You said the number that you phoned back to was a Reliant number? Or was no, a it was a Centerpoint number? Centerpoint number? But let me tell you how smart these telemarketers are. I was sitting here uh, a few years ago, and my phone was laying on the table, and it started ringing. And I looked down, and guess who was calling me? Me. I got a call from me, my phone number, coming to me. Wow. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'll be. What, what in the world? How can I call me? And the phone is ringing to me. Oh well, so well they, I, can, they I, can they can program any number and they can program yes. any number into phones. I remember when yes. I was running for United States Congress and I was in in Dallas, Texas, working with a group of nurses. Excuse me, a group of veterans 
who were uh, working on my campaign, and we all had 214 of 469 numbers. So in right. order to call into Deep East Texas, we changed our numbers over to reflect a 903 so that people yes. would know and recognize that we were calling uh, in the East Texas area. Area. Right. So, the, right. so the message right. is to, go ahead, Mr. Arthur. These are, these are scammers and hackers, right? They, right. The hackers go right. get, get your number from somebody, connect with some phone, whatever, and, 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 you know, you know, and they buy them or whatever, however they do it, and then they get with you. And, you know, basically, like that, again, if, if uh, you know, basically, if somebody call you, first of all, first of all, if you don't recognize the number, then you should you know, mm-hmm. blow it off. But anyway, uh, yeah. But if you do answer it, and if they're off front, if they're off front, as soon as they say something off script, you know, just you know, just say okay, you know, who you know, who are you, or whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been to, I, I went to one of those scams, and I was all the way down to, as I went to, he's supposed to have me, you know, talking with some somebody from Brazil, but it sounded like an Aussie, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and when he said, and we said, what's your social security number? I said, hey, wait oh, a minute, no, hold no. up. My social security number, really? That's what y'all doing. You know, well, guys, on yeah, guys, I, I, I worked 39 years in the banking, credit union and banking industry. I am no dummy when it comes down to messing with my money. <laughs> so, I, 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 you know, I just kept asking questions because, the longer I could keep him on the phone, mm-hmm. blowing his mind, the, lo- the 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 shorter time he's going to have to get somebody else that's not a student. Welcome to my scammer, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, pack, yeah. the, pack act, the pack act that was just passed, uh, you know, for veterans, Vietnam veterans, and, and, right. and uh, you know, those veterans, uh, they're, they're putting out a thing about there are people trying to scam veterans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So the message here, so the message, Mr. Arthur and uh, uh, Brother Nate here tonight is that uh, for our audience and those that are listening in particular, uh, senior citizens, uh, vulnerable people uh, that will give out their information, we thank uh, God that Ms. Hazel is smart enough that she's not going to do anything like that. But the message is for people to be very, very careful uh, when they when they are getting these phone calls and not give out their their information uh, on, online. There are some things that they're not going to ask you. Uh, your bank's yeah. not going to ask you, and and Correct. various people are not going to. If if it was somebody, first of all, they're not going to be calling her on uh, Labor Day. They're just not going to be. <laughs> they're just not going to be doing it. Calling me, calling me at five o'clock in the evening, telling me my life's gonna be cut off tonight. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't think and so. see, I've never had that happen, never ever. And 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 the other, the other thing is, you know, it just, it really just kind of hurt my heart that there's some, it's some person out there that's been drinking today, or some older person that really don't know any better, is getting taken advantage of. So I did right. call a, t- a couple of TV stations, uh, and hopefully I'll get an, an interview or something with them this week to let people know, please, this is not a practice for uh, a utility company to call you and tell you to pay another name 
industry instead of the utility company. They don't call right. and tell you to pay Joy Electronics a code name. What kind of mess no. is that? No, no, <laughs> so, no they don't. Concrete jungle. It's called concrete jungle. You know, just like you know, <laughs> I, I, th- I thought the, I thought the concrete jungle was uh, was inside the prison system. Uh, that's what they call the uh, inside the prison system, concrete jungle. I thought. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, You're welcome. So we need we needed that. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Even if we can reach one person and educate one yes. person on making sure that they don't give out their information, uh, hang up right. and say, "Let me call. Let, let me call uh, Center Point. Let me call uh, Houston Utilities or whomever that you have. Let me call my own uh, person, and we'll find out exactly what's going on with my because mm-hmm. first of all. I pay my bills and I pay them on schedule anyway. Right. So thank right. you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much yeah. for that. I want to jump. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about um, if 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 Mr. Nate, uh, brother Nate, if you would come back in and t- and talk to us a little bit on uh, veterans against uh, multiple sclerosis and uh, any um, any muscular dis those those. Uh, those areas and talk a little bit about traditional medicine and how we can figure out other ways that we can help uh, veterans who are experiencing PTSD. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I just, uh, I want to go back. There was a question that was asked early on in the process. How do we tap into kind of um, a funding mechanism you know, yes. so that we can build our communities ourselves. Um, the answer is um, our veterans, right? And here in North Carolina, we have talked to hundreds of veterans and let them know about um, benefits uh, systems. We talked about, you know, that call, the, uh, the, the young lady that was just talking about um, the scammers that are calling on the phones, and really it's a a result of kind of why the need for us to get more young people to get um, educated in cybersecurity, right, and to build these systems that will protect um, our older population, right, from some of the things that are ongoing, really, that are that are really enabled because it's all the digital space that we're operating in, no matter what kind of field. Um, and if we can get that, then um, using veterans, right, um, we can tap into the contracting, getting more veteran-owned businesses that are yeah. registered with the uh, acquisition system for the government, SAM, right? And it's one of those, did you know that, um, that as a veteran-owned business, as a disabled veteran-owned business, as a women-owned veteran business, there's, uh, there's contracting vehicles that allow you to get set-aside contracts and sole source contracts based on your capability of up to $5 million, right? And coming from kind of the D.C. area, they call them the – Beltway Bandits for a reason. Um, okay. The peers, in terms of the you know the veterans, the art minority veterans, are really taking advantage of some of these contracting 
um, opportunities to build $50 million, $100 million businesses from their basement, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just knowing what, you know, how to take advantage of it. And then um, kind of the next level of it is the housing aspect of it. Um, and, you know, I, I spoke with my sister the other day about it, but for the veterans that are on the call, did you know that the government actually has a program where you can receive, you know, that you can be owner investor in multi-family housing, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, where you have the ability to get uh, zero down, um, and then if your disability is 10% or higher, they waive the processing fee, a million and up to a million and a half, right, to do fourplexes. So um, the simple answer to it is if we have 10 veterans that come together, then we can have a $10 million fund for community development that wow. is passed out to the veteran at 103.75 loan to value. It is the absolute freest money that is out there. No investor needs. Huh? We are we already got the proposal. That proposal? <laughs> we already have the proposal. We already have the proposal. Yeah, so you know. Yeah, and, and you already a part of the proposal. Texas, <laughs> Texas has uh, by last count, by last count, I think one point five million uh, million veterans. Vet- veterans, that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. multiply yeah. that by a million, and you can see the kind of money that is out there that isn't being tapped into, especially amongst the minority veteran population. So exactly. if we want to rebuild our communities, right, um, the best way to do it is to call the veterans back to service. The mission yeah. is let's rebuild these um, communities that have been blighted and, you know, run down for decades. Opportunity zones, before there is gentrification, let us have some ventrification in these neighborhoods. Amen. That sounds great. That sounds like you right there. That sounds great. Well, I I actually... um, Brother, Brother Nate, uh, Arthur, Mr. Arthur is part of our, our project, and I, I believe I, I sent a message out to uh, Ms. Hazel about the project that we're working on here in North, uh, North, North Tyler uh, in East Texas, uh, right here in Tyler, Texas, on the, um, on the acreage that, that he and I have been dialoguing about and how we as veterans uh, can move forward. Uh, because we're mm-hmm. the, the people that I have invited to uh, to be a part of this, uh, we're veteran heavy, and uh, mm-hmm. and so um, we we're pretty excited to hear uh, the project and the monies and all of that that is available uh, to veterans. We knew veterans uh, had quite a bit offered, but we didn't realize exactly how much uh, in the form of. Uh, Figures yeah, I'm going to get my son in, in that, too. Okay. He's, he's a veteran, and my grandson is right. a veteran. And Correct. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get them connected with you, uh, Shirley. Okay. 
Very, that'll be awesome. That 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 will be great. Go ahead. Um, go ahead, Mr. Now, to, now to go back to kind of the um, the um, building of these communities and the different businesses that can be brought into the um, community. Um, Dr. Shirley talked about um, healthcare, right? And um, in North Carolina, we have set up a veteran service organization, the International Veterans Empowerment and Transitioning um, Services. I uh, We affectionately call it I Heart Vets. Um, right. And the bulk of the work that we're doing is in the education, employment, and entrepreneurship um, areas, working with transition military and the veterans. Um, communities. One of the initiatives that um, we are kicking off in partnership with uh, an organization out of California um, that has a, a platform of which I've been asked to come in and lead is uh, Musicians Against Multiple Sclerosis. Yes. Um, and it really ties into the work that um, we are doing at IVEX that um, really looks at um, the holistic um, look at things like PTSD, TBI, and some of the ailments that um, generally the VA, and I hate to say this, um, but, you know, from the veteran's perspective, the VA is really trying to um, end life for a lot of veterans that um, went in whole and came out broken. And um, my partner in that effort, Miss Yvette Davis, um, she had a young Army soldier that went in whole, came back, um, you know, spent some time at Fort Hood, right? Attempted suicide mm-hmm. there. They don't have anything. They released him. And, um, you know, he was going through it. And eventually took his uh, life mm-hmm. right in front of her. So, um, you know, that story is something that really... And we're working, hey, Mr. Story. Arthur, we're working, we're working to bring uh, Miss Yvette uh, Davis uh, to Tyler uh, to uh, working with... Uh, uh, Brother Nate on bringing her in to one of the events that we're we're working toward having here in Tyler. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. My treatment of veterans. You remember that? Uh, you remember that police shooting when, when those five police got killed here in Dallas? I was NAACP president for Dallas at the time. And see what they didn't tell you was with that that guy that did the shooting. That was a veteran. That was a veteran. Mm-hmm. He had issues. Yeah. He had issues before he got out. And they knew that. They knew all that. Mm-hmm. And like you say, mm-hmm. didn't even have, you know, didn't, you know, didn't, you know, didn't do no, you know, didn't, uh, you know, keep, you know, keep man until you until you helped him or whatever. They didn't do none of that. They just let him out, and then that's what happened. And then they never yeah. mentioned he was a veteran during the whole time they was doing all that talking about him. They never said he was a veteran. Yeah. So um, the effort, um, musicians against multiple sclerosis, the kind of at the core of it is that alternative um, treatments, right, Um, holistic treatments are more effective than to give uh, veterans opioids, right? 
that um, create a whole lot more issues, right, and lead to depression and suicide and all these different outcomes, right, that are, you know, the veterans will tell you, I can't take the medicine, right? I can't do it. Um, So we have um, identified and we try and support with the um, science, right, other things that we can get veterans to do. One of the things that is scientifically proven that can help veterans is music. It helps all of us, really, right? And music through how it can, you know, make you feel good. It can make you feel happy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And um, as a result of that, we kind of took a look at different um, types you of like music. Therapy. You like right, therapy. Right. Right, right. And there is um, kind of, you know, scientifically that the music and the different frequencies and, you know, our insides that we are built on frequencies, in effect, right? See, what you're talking about is spirituality. What you're talking about is spirituality, spirituality, right? You're saying that we need to get back in touch with uh, uh, you know, you know, those sides I said because the because the system the way it's set up now, again, you know, we we went to during the medical colonization, right? And we've been colonized, mm-hmm. colonized medically, and so you know we've been told because Vietnam veterans, what happened to us was we came back, and a lot of folks I knew went to go get some help, like you said, they wound up dead because they was giving those psychotropics, right? Mm-hmm. Once you take mm-hmm. once you take them. Like they upset your amino acids. So if you wasn't crazy after you took the medicine, you was crazy. Right. So you know, and, and, and a lot of folks, and a lot of them, uh, you know, wind up in the penitentiary, you know, stuff like that. You know, and you know, so it's just it was just bad, you know, the way they did it, did the Vietnam veterans. So you know, so uh, yeah. but I'm glad it, I'm glad they're treating us a little bit better now. Now with the PAC Act, they can go on and make it right. Some of it. Yeah, we've lost we've lost a lot of people in the process, right? And um, so the other thing that we have found, and it's uh, scientifically proven, is the advent of all of the technology that now goes into the production of music, that goes into you know the even the the um, music that we hear in church, right? Um, mm-hmm. The electromagnetic frequencies and the surges of uh, pulses, right? Actually, are are driving bad medical outcomes, um, including the uh, multiple sclerosis, ALS, Parkinson's. Right? Right. These things are actually tied to the technology. Um, that we are now all exposed to. So, um, well, as it relates to the veteran population, and you guys can Google this, right? Look at um, veterans musicians, right? Um, and what you'll find is a lot of uh, popular musicians, um, everybody from Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Ice-T, and on and on and on and on, right? A lot of musicians were actually veterans. And um, so this initiative that we're really trying to do is to build awareness 
around music in terms of a health um, therapy, but also, um, you know, music uh, and these frequencies can be used as weapons. You know, for the psychops people that are on the phone, right, you can go in and you can play, you know, all kinds of music for the Iraqi soldiers, right, that drives them crazy. But also, if you take a look at what happened to the um, – in Cuba, right, at, at, within the uh, embassy there, right, there was a electromagnetic pulse attacks was what was making those people lose their hearing and, and get sick. So um, the Veterans Against Multiple Sclerosis is really the initiative that we're really trying to drive to bring awareness to, hey, music is one of those things that can help people feel better, can help address, you know, um, things like PTSD. But it's also playing music is therapeutic for a veteran population. So we want to kind of build the momentum uh, around, you know, putting together concerts in which we can communicate through the music, right, some of the issues that are in front of the veteran population and the general population, right, because it is a community that we tend to look at, you know, the effects of, um, you know, what happened to the veteran, but we have uh, through our retail um, thrift store here, we hear a lot of stories from spouses, from children who are also affected by, you know, the veterans coming home broken and not being able to talk about it, um, you know, and to to be reintegrated into their family situation. So um, that is the gist of what I hope to be able to work with uh, the veterans in Texas to really bring awareness and to bring scientifically proven solutions, right, that would involve, you know, uh, music, but also traditional medicine, agriculture, right? Um, you are what you eat. And um, we, we really want to go ahead and take a look at how we can um, holistically look at how to improve the health outcomes of the veterans and, and their families, right, through um, a, a shift in mindset. So um, organizations such as DAV and um, Wounded Warriors, and we're, you know, we're really looking for signatories to be able to go in and um, support the use of, you know, traditional medicines, um, you know, indigenous types of cures that, you know, grandma used to give you something that made you feel better, right, without the pharmaceuticals getting involved in it. Um, Dr. Shirley, you had asked me about, you know, my thought on COVID, right? My thought on COVID yeah. remains that there are other ways that we can um, boost our immune systems so that, mm-hmm. you know, God, God, God had it better than any pharmaceutical. There you go. And as such, as, uh, you know, indigenous people of color, mm-hmm. we've got to kind of, that's the tie-in back to the Africa discussion that we were having earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, Shirley, well, 
Yes. Shirley, when we were when we were kids, you know, my mother would get in the car. She always kept a hatchet in the back. Okay. <laughs> she'd be okay. we'd be driving down the road, and and she stop that car and she'd go out and cut some weeds or something. To us, it was weeds. And sure. she'd come home and she she cook it. But you know what? When we were kids, we never get we never hardly went to the doctor, and we stayed well. She boosted us up for the winter, castorol and different lemon uh, teas and things, and we just didn't stay in the doctor's office like we're doing now. But even now, when I when I get kind of down in the dump, I sing, and then uh, I sing. I just start singing, and 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 you know before long. I'm like, well, what am I getting sad about? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, so I understand and she, and your music guys, she, has, she has an amazing voice, too, a beautiful voice. <laughs> Her entire family does. And, 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 you, and, and well, that's, that's an indication right there, uh, Brother Nate, uh, how important music is. It's a universal language anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, and, the drums are the first form of communication. That's right? true. And, yes. um, and, and I is, played an instrument, clarinet, all, all my school go. days. And, mm-hmm. and it is, um, again, scientifically proven, and people are now capturing these different frequencies, right, that make yeah. you feel better. Um, and that really is kind of driving, you know, the uh, medical spa type of environments, right, um, where you can go in and you can, um, listen to music, you can, um, you know, um, do some gardening, you know, just getting out into the environment and becoming one with yes. nature, right? Yeah. In, 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 in my opinion, right, the best treatment modalities out there. Hey, hey, I just want to add one thing to that. And, and while you're doing all that, that, you know, that he's talking about, you need to also do you know do your self talk listen to self talk i mean look here when we was growing up the, the, this one thing they could tell us all the time uh, 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 you know uh, you know don't be doing no you know don't be if you if you, if, you, if you talk to yourself you was crazy i mean are you, i mean, that's what they told you right which is self talk you listen to yourself so you know so we spend a lot of time trying not to hear ourselves so now that well, I, I thought you, you, I thought it was Mr. Arthur. I thought it was uh, it's okay to talk to yourself. Just don't answer. Yeah, well, you know that was a joke. Behind it. I mean, that was a joke. I mean, that was a joke behind it. But but the, but the actual application was you walk around trying to have a blank a blank mind all day. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's tough. So anyway, so I'm just saying that uh, you know while they're doing all that, you're talking mm-hmm. about the music, the like sort of, you know, this to yourself talk. Walking is great. To, to oh, I, I love talk. it every day. And I'm an out-of-doors person, uh, Brother, Arthur, uh, Brother Arthur, as well as every uh, uh, Brother Nate. I love the out-of-doors. I, I mean, I always have. I love to walk out on the land and, and just uh, enjoy nature. And so that's probably the most one of the most rewarding things uh, that I can do in my life on a day-to-day basis, to be outside. Let's get that early morning walk or that late in the evening walk, whichever one yep. that you can fit into into your schedule. Yeah, yeah. You know, the um, musicians are now showing up, you know, that they're here to some of these disease sets. The next group yeah. that we're finding out is farmers, right? 
With the use of fertilizers and, you know, all of the kind of soil issues, right, we're really linking a lot of the illnesses that farmers are getting, right, directly tied to the, you know, the environmental um, issues. And, you know, um, those issues of, you know, environmental um, justice or injustice, right, Mm -hmm. depending on your lens, are really affecting our communities at a much higher rate than other communities. And that is a function of what we've all talked about is education, right? Yes. You don't know what you don't know, right? And in effect, that those are the things that we're really trying to bring to the forefront with kind of our approach and taking a look at, you know, music and then music with a message, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we can go back to... Um, a lot of the a lot of the education that gets out to our communities, right, is really through the music um, that they listen to. So that's why we're really big on having these events where we can bring in um, music with a message, right, and right. bring the masses. Um, to hear that message and to get that education that they might not be getting through their traditional sources. Very good. Well, listen, it's hard to believe it's 9.59, and and, and we've been here for two hours. It's hard to believe the time has gone by so, so fast. And uh, let let me just tell you, uh, Brother Nate, it has been an inspiration to have you on tonight to talk about all the great things that you've been involved in and how uh, we can uh, get that vetrification and not focus so much on gentrification, getting our our veterans back involved, our great warriors uh, who've served this country uh, with valor, people like uh, Mr. Arthur and uh, Dr. Hadney, who was not able to be on with us uh, tonight. And so uh, I just thank you so much. And we're, we're going to be on your coattail from here to eternity. Uh, he's offered me so many great things that I'm going to be involved in with him uh, so that we can help to, uh, to grow our community and the African-American community and the fact that there are so many things that, uh, that we've been deprived of. And uh, he's going to make sure that that no longer exists. And in particular, to have uh, my cousin uh, Hazel on with us tonight, because we focused a little bit on um, cyber crimes and fraud investigations. So for those that are interested out there in getting uh, getting an education in uh, uh, cybersecurity, it's big and it's most needed. Uh, so thank you once again. We're going to invite you to come back for a second time so that so that you can get to really engage in our two with our two other um, team members and, and uh, well our three. We have as a matter of fact, it's five of us that's on Monday night on Marvelous Monday, and uh, we've been on for a long time on Blog Talk USA Radio, trying to disseminate information out there to our community. So this show has been brought to you by. Taste of North Delight Restaurant that's located at 403 West Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. So if you're in the East Texas area, Tyler in particular, come and join us on tomorrow from 11 until 3 o'clock for Soul Food. 
Uh, that's our buffet, and you can get one meat and two vegetables for nine ninety nine. The best deal in Tyler, Texas. So we thank you once again. Thank you, Mr. Arthur. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Nate. And we're going to have you back. We thank you, you guys, and and Miss Hazel. Have a great rest of the evening. Uh, be safe out there, and we'll see you once again on next week for Marvelous Monday. And stay tuned for our theme song. And just take a look and a listen, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Good night. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure. the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, his spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. glory, glory, oh. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through, somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany, now we right the wrongs in history, no one can win the war individually, it takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy, welcome to the story we call victory, the coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours. 
Good night. Have a great rest of the week. And we'll see you next Monday on Marvelous Monday. Mm-hmm.